The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson and uh, guest Charlie Clawson, our last time here in my uh, penthouse suite in Edinburgh, I leave tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early. I've already been packing my bags today. It's Justin Hamilton. Hello, Justin. Hello. We're in the brown suite for the last time. Oh, no, in the brown for the last time. Yeah, that's mm. all right. Did you? We haven't talked about this. You know, in your bathroom, uh-huh. there is uh, a Charlie Clawson bit of respect. Have what do you, you mean? Seen it? A picture of him from Home and Away. Yeah. Oh, you saw that. <laughs> yeah. There's a DeLorean from Back to the Future. <laughs> It's all set up for somebody with tiny hands. Tiny what is hands. it? What, what, what Charlie thing is in there? There's, there's for some reason, where uh, on the toilet, there's the word relax. Have you seen that? Hang on. No. It's, it's right there. What do you mean? Like on the toilet? Yeah. Like where like the brand name would be? Where, where no, it would normally no, no, no. say like it's... Armitage Shanks or... Hang in there. It's carved out of brown wood. <laughs> what? And it's, it's relax. I think it's brown wood. I haven't touched it. But it's... Uh, <laughs> It's right there. You haven't seen it? Fair enough in the bathroom if something is brown and has something carved into it that you don't touch it to see if it's wood. That's pretty good advice for anybody. (laughs) If you see something that you can't explain that's brown in your bathroom. Don't touch it. Don't don't think it's wood immediately. Maybe the word relax isn't there and I'm just one of these people. You know, some people look at clouds and they can see amazing things. Right. (laughs) You're the shit whisperer. You're like someone who can read somebody's tea, but what yeah. basically you have to do is they have to come around, yeah. they have to use the bathroom. I uh, uh, give them an espresso. Right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how the process works. You start this little shop front and they come in and it's like a fortune reading. Yeah. You know what? This is not any this is no more or less crazy than some of the shit that people are into, right? Right. So I could be like the because people go for colonics and like yeah. all sorts of like think that you can work out all sorts of shit about your life from what's in your bowel movements and stuff. So, <laughs> so hang on, this religion's full of shit. Oh no, it is, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah, it's chock full of it. Uh, so, so they come in, you give yeah. them an espresso. Yeah, they go to work. They go to work. I go in with a bit of air freshener. Yep. Because I want to oh, concentrate. You, no, you, you've got a mask. Oh, I'm in, because you do it all the time. I'm in like a, one of those deep sea diving suits. <laughs> right, yeah. Or at least like one of those ones that they have in like uh, movies about like uh, outbreaks. Yeah. Like, like that movie Outbreak. Yes. And, <laughs> and so you come in in like a, an outbreak suit or at least yeah. a sort of a gas mask sort of like, you know, Walking Dead style face, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or maybe even just like, you know, the people at crime scenes, you've got a bit of the like <laughs> shit under your nose. Yeah. Like, you know, the smelling salts or whatever it is. Depends the... on the job they've left. Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. go in. Yeah. You have a little read. I just have a... a... Now you've got to set up there. You're going to have to have like a toilet bidet sort of system. So yeah. that Big bowl. Yeah, so like big bowl so that you can read probably, yeah. but also so that they can pop over because you don't want it like polluted with like paper and that stuff like that. No. So they're going to have to go over to the bidet, yeah, it's on wash the off. Yeah. Yeah. Bidet yeah. F- it's called bidet folks. <laughs> <laughs> bidet folks, how's it going? That's what the brown piece of wood after it says. <laughs> That's what it says. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. And then bidet, I, bidet, and yeah. there you go. And I can, I can do, uh, I reckon in the real world, I, I just tell people's fortune and it's... Um, does pretty well. I end up yeah. on a lot of TV shows. Uh, got my own infomercials. Oh man, Oprah! I can imagine you on Oprah. Oh yeah, Oprah would love that. That's we even an do episode. It. That's an episode of Oprah. Oprah goes off to the toilet. Right. I say I'll be you back after Oprah, this break. Oprah, an espresso or one of her signature chai lattes from the Starbucks range. That was the compromise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have to have some product placement. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I'm selling out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then they'll turn it into a TV show. I'll be a detective. I'll oh, like the mentalist. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. be the con- conol- colon- colonoscopist. The, the, Colon- the colonist. Yeah. The You'll be reader. the colonist. <laughs> I mean, it'll be one of those things. 
just as like the mentalist isn't something about someone who's mental. Yeah. Like the the colonist isn't yeah. about somebody who goes to countries and like you know disposes right. their indigenous people and sets up colonies. It's no. about no, it's no, about no. somebody who solves crime by reading colons. Yeah, reading victim shit. Right. Yeah. And maybe sometimes I even work out who the murderer is. Like I'm chasing you can. a guy That's who's how a you suspect. Do it. Yeah. He's a suspect and then I see him go to the toilet and uh, the whole time I'm next door thinking the one thing that could go wrong here is he could flush. So we've got to hope that this guy is filthy and doesn't flush. Right. And then he comes out and I think, Phew, and then he goes, oh, and he goes back in and he flushes. Then I'm racing in and I'm only getting bits of the shit, so I'm only getting bits of the story. Right. That'll be a crazy episode. Right, and you're trying to reassemble it? Yeah. In a lab? In a lab. Right. I've got a... Because you've got, like, they've taken, got out the, they've taken out the pipes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. sidekick who has to do all the shit work. Yeah. The literal shit work. Yes. Oh, so it's a guy who solves crime and a plumber. Yeah. <laughs> it's his best mate from uh, high school, Chaz. Right. And he has to do all... He's like his Watson, I suppose. Yes. yes. To his shit lock. I'm um, shit lock. <laughs> And Shatson. <laughs> oh, man. Drops, drops a microphone, walks away from podcasts forever. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> no sure, Shitlock. That's his catchphrase. Sure, Shitlock. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to see three episodes of that every 18 months? Oh, my God. <laughs> Stephen Moffat's new Shitlock. Oh my God, it would be so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I, I think that's a good career move. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> let's get off that subject. <laughs> Always like to start uh, as low as possible and yeah. give somewhere to fly. work our way up. That's right. right. I so, got given a new name yesterday. Oh, what do you mean? So you, uh, I went to lunch with uh, Sam Simmons and a, and a couple of other people. Uh-huh. And, Thanks for the invite. Uh, you were invited. I wasn't. No, you weren't. No. And uh, I, I, I wasn't in charge of invites. Right, so who was? Look, is this a good time to bring this up? <laughs> yeah. No, I actually have no idea. Who? It was probably Sam. Yeah, didn't invite me. This is awkward. He's old mate Ando. This is awkward. He paid for a ticket to his show the other night. So did I. And he invited you to lunch. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm um, just around the corner. It's interesting. You're right across the meadows. I mean, I could have... Taken ages to get there yeah. with your bad hips. Could have. He's doing the right thing by you. I don't know if that's why he didn't invite me. If I that's find exactly out exactly what he if told that's, me, oh, if that's, that's why me. I find out yeah. that he didn't invite me, then I'm yeah. fine with that. But if it was any other reason, then it wasn't the walk down; it was the walk up that he was worried about. Right, because it's a slight incline. I could have p- uh, provided some transport. No, you couldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You know the rules you're here. Right. <laughs> I'm already terrified about how I'll get a fucking cab in the morning because so I'm am a, I, and I've got a week. <laughs> I'm on the Royal Mile yes. and there's like, so it's nowhere near the roads. Right. And then like, I'm going to have to get a cab at six o'clock in the morning, but I'm like, where the fuck the cabs, where are they at six o'clock in the morning? Oh, like, no. cause I can't call one to here. I'm going to no. have to roll my suitcases somewhere like, you know. On cobblestones. And then people will be like gathering around me. Like I'm about to take out like a unicycle. Yeah. Oh, this guy's going to be great. Right. This will be great. He can barely walk. He's got but two he's got... suitcases. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I just do normal tricks that a man with hips like mine shouldn't be able to do. Right. So they're not really impressive to other people, but, yeah. like, I ride a bike for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you pull a wheelie for a few seconds. Oh, well, that's amazing. Like, yeah. considering his hips. Uh, like, considering the, his hips, that is amazing. Oh, my Lord. Have you found the cobblestones here to be a bit brutal? Oh, uh, my hip has hurt more in the last week yeah. than it probably has in the last 12 months. Yeah. It's... Now, it'll be a combination of things because these things are never like, you know, particularly with chronic pain, it's never like one thing. It's not like you can kind of do something to it that fucks it more in some ways because it's gradually worse. Um, But things that are tough on me are like sleeping in an unfamiliar bed, Mm -hmm. um, being on the flight. You know, even though I was lucky enough to, you know, not be in economy on this flight, like still just being in that one spot for all that time, like can be really hard on them. Um, but I've gone and seen a lot of shows here as well. Right. So they're all in really these really cramped rooms on these terrible, like, you know, plastic chairs and stuff like that. That definitely hasn't, hasn't been helped. good for it. Then I'm walking around everywhere. I'm doing shows. I'm not regularly sort of like, yeah. I mean, all those things yeah. definitely have combined for it to be like I, the last few nights I've had to take painkillers to yeah. sleep. And I normally try to avoid doing that. 
Yeah. So I, that's, yeah. I, the reason I ask is I feel sore from it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't have any of those problems. Yeah. But I've noticed that like everywhere I walk, there's at least about half a dozen times that I just feel my ankle roll a little bit yeah. from, you know, from previous injuries as well. And you just go, oh, Lord, I'm yeah. so glad that I don't live here because of that. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's, I, I have definitely, definitely found that. Yeah. It's and, so beautiful. You know, the other thing is that, like, you're also walking not in a. <clears throat> you have to stop and start a lot because there's so many people around. Yeah. So you find yourself like often, you know, suddenly jagging one way or the next, which I find like tends to. Because normally, if I go for a walk, my hips loosen up. They're actually better. Yeah. But sometimes here, going for a walk, you know, I start to hobble back on the way and go, oh, that didn't. Yeah, that I don't feel like that anything. actually made it better. <laughs> that didn't work. Right. Yeah, interesting. Plus, there's so many food vans, delicious food vans everywhere I walk. Oh. Like, I'm eating so much food while I'm walking, which isn't helping. Like, because it's been rainy and cold. Oh, it's been I've horrific, and that makes ho- you eat more. I've had more hot chocolates in the last week than I've probably had in the last two years. I've been the king of crepes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been all over them. As opposed to your previous show, The King of Craps. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was my gambling show. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, that's right, though. Like, I've been eating all that delicious street food and stuff and eating yeah. at stupid times of the day and all that. Yeah, so it hasn't... Chip buddies? They're not, they're not fattening, are they? Two days in a row. Yeah, we good. went back to the same place two days in a row and ate chip buddies. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, who are, who are not from Scotland, not from England, but Scotland in particular. Like, as, as Daniel Sloss was saying this to me the other day, he was like, people talk about, you know, haggis being the traditional Scottish food, but it's not. The chip buddy yeah. is the traditional Scottish food. If you don't know the chip buddy, it's hot chips yep. served in like a bread, in yep. bread, in a sandwich. Yep. Like bread and butter and hot chips. That's it. Yeah. There's nothing else. You can put sauce on it or whatever you like, but there's literally nothing else in there. No. No fucking salad. Like. No. It's all carbs. Yeah. And then it's a lot of butter and it's just so tasty that we should go and get one. Oh my God. Like <laughs> they are the most delicious things in the entire fucking world. It's like, <sighs> it's like a stoner city. Right. Like, that's normally something that I make at home in shame. Right. In Scotland. You can go to a restaurant... And buy it for five pounds. Order it off a menu. Yeah. Like a chef will make it for you. Yeah. That's like a sh- getting a sh- me to get a chef to combine fucking Milo and cream into Hilo. Like, this is shit that I just make by myself <laughs> yes. at home. And here, in a fancy place, they serve it on the menu. It's so good, right? It's so fucking good. And then you have to And the and... chips are delicious. They're so good. Like, oh yeah, they, yeah, that's a big point as right. well. They are cracking chips. They, this is how good the chips are. I would eat them without the bread. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They could stand on their own. Right. They could go solo. They could go solo. But they don't need to. No. You know what? Because they're perfect together. Right. It's like, you know what? Fucking Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, they're both good enough in their own right. And Bruce has done some solo stuff along the way, and the E Street Band have done their own stuff as well. I do understand that. Yeah. But fuck, man. Like, you know, when you're just that good together. Right. Why do you need to be solo? Right. But they could. But they could. But they don't. Yeah. We've lost Dave Anthony. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he has clicked out of this. <laughs> so, so I got a new name yesterday. So, oh, yeah. So I got introduced to someone, blah, 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 introduced myself. And then uh, right towards the end of the day, and she was delightful. Like, it was funny, but she said <laughs> she thought I'd introduce myself as this other name. And then when she'd heard everyone call me Justin for the 50th time, she thought, I reckon his name might be Justin. Yeah. So, this, so she thought my name was Chester. Chester? I'm really into the idea of... Because, you know, I like my different identities and yeah. I like my different names. By, by the way, when I say my different identities, they're just variations of me with different names. Yeah. But Chester Hamilton, he sounds all right. I don't know about that. He's an arsehole. I don't know about Chester. You're not into Chester Hamilton? No, I don't like the name Chester. No, neither do I. From that childhood rhyme, Chester, Chester, child molester. What the fuck? You know that rhyme, How right? How did you turn Chester Hamilton into that? Chester, Chester, child molester. No, I've that's, never heard that's that That's like a, a popular rhyme from childhood. Was it? Yeah. If you knew anyone called Chester... No, Chester, I didn't. Chester, child molester. It's like my theme. theme it's my, like my theme that I've brought up on this show before, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I know it's controversial. And this is why people can't say I'm a fucking lefty, because I have some fucking right-wing attitudes. But that we should be able to question anyone who looks like a pedophile about whether they're a pedophile. Because for two reasons. Firstly, like, a lot of pedophiles look like pedophiles. So I know that's pedophile profiling, but 
Jimmy Savile looked like a pedophile. Rolf Harris looked like a pedophile. I understand there are pedophiles who don't look like pedophiles, but there are a lot who do. So anyone who looks like a pedophile, we should be able to take them into questioning. For two reasons. A, like a lot of pedophiles look like pedophiles. But B, if you're not a pedophile, why are you going around looking like a pedophile? Everyone thinks you look like a pedophile. No one wants to look like that. So at the very least, once you get questioned once or twice, you'll be like, you know what, I should change my look. And actually, we maybe will even provide stylists or whatever for these people, the non-pedophiles, as an incentive like for their time. But we catch the pedophiles, right? Look, we're gonna have and it's to- the same with people called Chester. Why are you giving someone the name Chester unless they are a child molester? Don't give them that name. We should be able to pick up people who look like pedophiles and guys called Chester. Wow, you've really I'm Will killed. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Views expressed are mostly my own. Um, right. Well, you know, yeah. how would you tell a friend that they were looking a bit molestery in their, in their fashion sense? I reckon like that. Hey. You're looking a bit molestery yeah. in your fashion sense. Do you, are you purposely trying to look like a pedophile? Are you a pedophile? Because if you're not a pedophile, why are you dressing like a pedophile? Right. Yeah, that's how I'd say it. Right. Yeah, no, that's probably the best way to do it. I think that is the best way to... Yeah. Maybe you could joke about it a little bit early. You're like, hey, uh, that's a good look, man. Are you uh, also driving slowly by schools? Are you? Hey? You know, you could kind of like... Just try to like, you know, hey, I didn't realise you'd started teaching PE. Yep. You know, kind of just kind of... Which which uh, which era of Britney is your favourite? Like the one, the grown up or the yeah. other one? When she's in her school dress. You, you... you pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your favourite Rolf, Rolf Harris song? Gotcha. Right. Pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was some, there's subtle ways you could bring it up. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, Dad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, are you a pedophile? Yeah. Because you're dressing like a pedophile. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying... I like, feel really sorry for those people, though. What do you like, mean? Like, if they're not no, well, child molesters, but they just have horrific... And it is horrific fashion right. sense but that they look like that. To me, Justin, this is me saying, are we, A, we live in an imperfect universe. Who do you want to feel sorry for most? Kids who are getting molested by pedophiles that we could have identified? Or... I understand this is the same... Hang on, why does it have to be an and or? Like, well, it, it doesn't could be, have to be. I feel sorry for the kid, but I also feel a little bit sorry for the guy who's not a molester who has horrific fashion sense. Right, and what you're doing is actually demonstrating how the world works. And what I'm doing is making a similar argument to what people make in relation to racial profiling or whatever, which is, well, most of the terrorists so far have been Muslims of Arabic... You know, so why don't they just target people who mostly yeah. look like that? They don't. You can't. It's discrimination... You know, all, all the above. I understand that this is probably not a practical plan that people are going to implement, but I would make an argument that my plan is different to that because somebody, no one can do anything about their race. You are born with a certain race, right? right. So that's why I disagree with that as a form of discrimination. You are, you know, discriminating against people purely on race which they can't do anything about. But fucking looking like a pedophile is something you can change. Yeah, but see, you know, like, like you know what I mean. Yeah, like we just—it's like and a, we can change it. We can do it like a. We can help you. It's a com- it's a combination of to hunt a pedophile. You know that show to catch a pedophile, to catch yeah. a predator. Yeah. And queer eye for the straight guy. Right. So basically, we get people. We can get some of those actors back and work. Right. We film them basically, and we work out either if they are a pedophile, and that way we catch them and give them the Busted. thing. Right. Or if they're not a pedophile, like we, it becomes them. a makeover show right. where we give them a wardrobe. And like you know, so they don't have to look like a pedophile, and that's the twist. You don't know which week if it's going to be a show right. where like it's be kind a of like border security, yeah. where you're like, oh, are they a smuggler? And yeah. so the whole way through, you'll be like, is he a pedophile or is he a pedophile? Right. And oh. then at the end, because this, this is my point, is no one wants to look like a pedophile. No one. No. And like you said, you feel a bit sorry for them because maybe they don't have fashion sense or maybe they don't know what to, you know, do. So we give them the skills to not be like that. Right. So I think it's a positive show. And there'll be a divide between the people who like it when uh, a pedophile gets busted and then there'll be something like, oh, you know what, this, like I know that's doing a good job but it, it's a bit much for me. I just like it better when the guy's a fucking idiot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like a Beauty and the Geek style scenario, makeover. Oh, right. Yeah. Man, we could make some serious coin out of this. Yeah. I got heaps of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Chester Hamilton never really got an opportunity to fly, did he? He no. just got taken down. Well, I, I, I can mean, never even think of this story again. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to rain well, on your got dreams. Heaps. I've I got Jason Harrington, Jason yeah. Hong. I've yeah. got, you know, the hamster. I've got stacks. Hamo. Right. Hamo. Yeah. <laughs> I love this is an interesting thing about life, isn't it? That like Hamo has become now 
like you are just hammo. Right. Like hammo. Like everyone's, you know. Yeah. Like whereas like ten years ago or fifteen years ago or whatever, when we first started hanging out. Three years ago. Oh, when we first started hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I thought you were gonna say no, no one's called me hammo until the last two or three years. But like but you hated hammo. I wasn't into it. Like hated it. Like yeah. back when we first met, you hated hammo. Yeah. And now it's just fucking hammo. Hammo. <laughs> it's hammo time. It's, it's just it just hammo happened. don't hurt them. It's uh, it's good to show that you should never be wedded to one idea. Right. Yeah. Because you I'd, change. I'd be really difficult. I have. And I'd be really di- I'd be really disappointed if I never got to experience this version of me. I'm like a time lord. <laughs> I've regenerated. <laughs> Right. Well, I find that interesting as well because I was a person who never had a nickname. Like, never yeah. had a nickname. And I. And, like, now, <laughs> like, no one calls me my real name. No. Like, everybody has, like, you know, and it'll be different people in different sort of spheres of my life or whatever. Yeah. But I realised this the other day. Like, no one calls me Will. No. Like, no one does. I like to call you William. Yeah, I get William from people. Yeah. I'll get donuts from people. I'll get Ando yeah. from people. I'll get Comedy Commando from people. I'll get like, there's a range. Like, I mean, Amy calls me wild or like yeah, a, yeah, you know, yeah. one of those sort of things. But no one actually just calls me Will anymore. Yeah. Hey, I've just thought of something. Mm. Maybe we've only just gotten these nicknames because we've only just recently become popular. Uh, yeah, well, that could be true. <laughs> Maybe this is a statement on who we were when we were younger. Good right. thing we changed. <laughs> Maybe yeah, people finally have some sort of affection for us. <laughs> that would explain our trajectory as men. Right. <laughs> we were never getting the affection. We couldn't or work out why. Or it just means that if you complain about something for long enough, people, will, happen. people will finally <laughs> finally start calling you. And, you, know. you know, I used to hate, uh, it used to really annoy me when people in Australia first started saying cheers. And like, oh, cheers, it became a thing. Oh my God, I say cheers all the time. Well, I used to make fun of people and I would go, oh yeah, cheers, oh yeah, cheers. Anyway, I say it all the time now. It just became, I made fun of it for so long, it became a part of my vernacular. I can't even remember not saying it. I've no. said it for so long and I enjoy cheers. Yeah. Like mate and cheers are my Aussie ones. I know cheers is like British originally, but like most Australian things are British originally. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, mate and cheers. They're the two. Like, you know, there's rarely an email that ever gets sent from me or a message that gets sent from me that doesn't have like mate and cheers. And often I will get down to the bottom of an email when I've responded to somebody and realize like the biggest mistake I'll make is fucking leading off with a cheers mate. Like oh, if someone right. said something to me like a compliment, like yeah. I will start with, oh, cheers, mate. And yeah. then I'll get down the bottom and I'm like, how do I finish this? Yeah. I've already dropped the cheers. Yeah. I'm going to have to double cheers this. Oh, my God. Could you make cheers? I'm going to start with the fucking cheers and I'm going to fucking, oh, yeah, reverse it. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Mate, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sequel to you, pray woman. The most Australian email of all time. <laughs> cheers, mate. Yeah, nah. Yeah, but nah. Heaps good. Mate. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, well, that clues that up. Thanks very much. <laughs> well, that, what he's trying to say is he's not going to buy the house. He's going to get a little bungalow down the uh, coast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they read from it. Yeah. Like, no worries. I'm no. a big no worries guy. No worries. No worries, mate. Ah, no worries. No worries, mate. That's that is good. like my big – I always – that's – that was definitely uh, something that has changed a little bit about Australians as well, you know, as we've become a more insular and more protective and more sort of uh, less open-armed country. Mm. Um, that, you know, Australia did used to be no worries. Like, that was mm. a really nice way of, like, you know, Australia, no worries. Yeah. You know, we, we sometimes invited people. Well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we should have worried. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the place is on fire every year. Yeah. And that the ocean levels are rising. And That's something that there's to worry about. And there's massive fucking droughts. And, you know, that sharks will, you know, kill you if you go for a swim. And, right. yeah, heaps of the spiders in your own backyard will probably kill you as well. And, yeah. you know, we've got all these weird... There's, like, you know, a, ding, a dingo will take your baby. And, right. look, there's some things that we should worry about. Like, But no worries. But no worries. <laughs> <laughs> There's a giant hole in the ozone layer, so if you go outside for more than five minutes, you'll probably get skin cancer. Yeah. But, yeah, no worries. No worries, mate. No worries, mate. <laughs> uh, we're a European uh, you know, country in the middle of Asia. Uh, you know, the population of China. In fact, the dudes who did the drumming at the opening ceremony of the Olympics could come to Australia and take it uh, by themselves. But no worries, mate. No worries, mate. No worries, mate. No worries. No worries. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> 
we were the country of no worries, but right. but now we, be, we we don't seem to have that attitude. But I do like no worries as an expression. Yeah, no I like no worries. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. flying the the Adelaide flag with a bit of heaps good. Heaps good. Heaps good. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. What was it like? Heaps good. Heaps good. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, there's an Australian uh, prog rock band called Mariah Heaps Good. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you're assuming you're right anyway. The Australian, the Australian. Oh, what about this one? <laughs> Let's have a second crack at it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth it. <laughs> This is Australian film director, uh, Marty. His name's Marty. Yep. Marty. Mardo. 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 Mardo Scorsese. Mardo Scorsese. <laughs> and he released this film called Heaps Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can watch out, mate, or I'll go fudder butter bing all over your fucking Akubra, mate. No worries. Heaps Goodfellas. <laughs> Heaps Goodfellas. Um, yes, I, yeah, so I, uh, what else? Bloke, I like bloke still. Oh, yeah, like bloke's a good. Bloke. He's a good bloke. He's a good bloke. Yeah, top bloke. Top bloke. Yep. Yeah. I could be yeah, an Australian version of Top Gun. <laughs> top bloke. <laughs> top bloke. Yeah, just two blokes. Just two blokes being tops. Mate, yeah, tops blokes. <laughs> tops blokes. Like Tom, a Top Gun without any of the conflict. Yeah, yeah. Just two mates going, you can be my wing man anytime. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah, you can be mine too. Heaps good. Yeah, heaps good. <laughs> Fuck, you're a top bloke. Yeah. You're a tops bloke. <laughs> Key music. 90 minutes. And then 90 minutes of them just in planes. Yeah, people Having just... a really good time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, can you cover my back? Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Thanks. No worries. <laughs> He's a top bloke. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, there's kind cheers, of cheers, no... mate. Mate, cheers. It'd be a really relaxing movie, don't you yeah. think? No conflict. No conflict. <laughs> Even when they go after the people in their airspace. Hey, boys, what the fuck? Right. Back off. We'll remake Top Gun with Hamish and Andy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh so, what else so about Edinburgh? Money. This is my last uh, last day here in my uh, in my apartment. So, yep. and my last day. Seeing shows. I'm going to go and do fan fiction uh, this afternoon. I've been doing a lot of set lists, which have been great fun. I've done some prompters. I did two, which were great. I had two that were like very tough audiences. I thought quite good shows, but very tough audiences. But they, uh, were they the, were they all at the same time, or were they different times? No, it was like it was. Uh, it's a it's a late night show that they're doing in the afternoon. So right. it's on at three forty five, and like on a Tuesday at three forty five, yeah. it turns out that. People don't want to hear maybe talks about the Nazis or, or no. whatever, you know, like these things that are really funny ideas otherwise. But two yeah. of the crowds were great, both the Saturdays when I did it. Yeah. So both the days where it was a big sold out, like, you know, more weekend crowds, yeah. both shows. All the set list shows I did were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm repeating uh, a story that people would have heard. I wrote a fan fiction story about the Matt Smith thing that we yeah. talked about, and so I'm going to do that this afternoon. I was actually going to do a new story for fan fiction because they will often do new stories. I'm going to do that old story for two reasons. One, I'm going to post it... Um, uh, yeah, on my Tumblr afterwards. Oh, yeah. So I thought I'd just tell it one more time. And because it's a different execution of the story than the way we told it on the podcast. You know, it's yeah. written as a fan fiction piece. Uh, but secondly, um, I, I was trying to write this thing, uh, which I still will write at some stage, maybe for Melbourne next year. But I wanted to write this thing about The Amazing Race. Have you ever yeah. watched The Amazing Race? Yeah, I have actually. Right. That's one of the few I have. I fucking love The Amazing Rose, and it's amazing, and it's race. Yeah. No, I, I, there's just so much stuff about it, but I had this idea about, like, Phil Cogan. Do you know who Phil Cogan no. is? He's the host of The Amazing oh, right. Rose. Yep. Yeah, but no, but that is the reaction yep. that most people have, even though he's hosted 24 series yep. of one of the most high-rating worldwide TV phenomenons wow. of all time. That makes me feel bad. Everybody knows Jeff Probst from fucking Survivor. Nobody knows Phil Cogan yeah. from the fucking Amazing Race. Phil, who clearly wears his own show, clothes on the show. Because right. he's always wearing a pair of fucking like, light pants and this massive belt and then a button-down shirt tucked into his pants and then like sometimes a hat. Right. But like, it's, it, I, I think he's amazing. And I, so my whole idea for this fan fiction piece was that like he had gone to Hollywood as a young guy and he had these two dreams. He wanted to host a television show and he wanted to see the world. And he like sold, and so it was going to be like a selling his soul. Like it had come out that he'd sold his soul to the devil. Oh my God. Right. So, and like, but you know, so he got trapped as the host of The Amazing Race. So 
like it was his two dreams he, that the show would become this worldwide phenomenon but no one ever remembers who he is yes. and B he gets to travel all the world but he doesn't get to enjoy it because he's on the amazing race right oh lord right? this is so, full on so this was like my idea for this thing but even better he was trapped in this cycle of he got to keep this life as long as and this is the bit that nobody sees at the start of every each leg of the race yeah he has to win like the reason he's there on the mat at the end is he's actually raced the race and beaten them all like i'd ever say for the last 24 series he's been like having to race them individually from stage to stage because he goes to hell he gets like you know uh, taken by the devil when he finally loses one of the legs of the race he gets to maintain this and even though he's kind of trapped in this living hell on earth he's like it's still better than going to like you know uh going to hell afterwards right right so the story is about this time where he's finally um you know he, he's he's lost you know he's going to be you know, it's the first time that he hasn't made it there and after all this time and then he gets there and, like, the devil's there, you know, on the, the mat with the person they always have who, like, seems slightly racist from the local culture and he goes up and, you know, he has this moment of, like, you know, is this a great, like, am I finally released from my pain or, like, you know, is this a terrible... Because the thing is that he was the greatest amazing racer of all time. Right. But no one ever knew about it. Yeah. Like, he had to watch all these people become famous and all these people go on these holidays and live their dreams. And yet he never got to do any of that because the greatest amazing racer of all time never got to have any of the fucking glory. And this is his moment where he's finally lost the race and it's all going to be over. And the devil's there on the mat. And he says, uh, you know, uh, he says, Phil, I'm sorry to tell you that you are the last racer to arrive. The good news is this is a non-elimination leg of the race. Finn. That's the end of the, oh, that's the, end of the piece. Wow. You know, until so you, you don't know if he's going on in an eternal hell again. Like, you know, yeah. it's like... And that was going to be the piece. Yeah. And I realised there was no way I could write that in two hours this morning. <laughs> right. You know what the great thing about the story is as well is until you mentioned his name again, I had legitimately forgotten who we were talking about. <laughs> oh, no, the reason I paused, I forgot. <laughs> well, not... I forgot his name because it's just a hard name to remember. Oh, my God. I was yeah. honestly thinking, hang on, how did we get onto this? Yeah. And who is this guy? Yeah. I reckon that's cool. Yeah. That's almost a, um, you know what that is, that's a TV show. And it's a, it's like a quantum leap as well because he also has to set uh, things right while winning the race. Right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like, uh, I like that idea, but I'm not going to do that. You've heard the idea now, though. But I might do it some other time, write some jokes in it, oh make God. it feel like a fun thing. Is it called The Amazing Racer? Well, it could be. Yeah. Why not? It was great. That's yeah. a great idea. So that's my... Yeah. Were you ever a Quantum Leap fan? Oh, I loved Quantum oh Leap. Oh, my God. Charlie so and I have talked about this before on the podcast, oh, yeah, which is yeah. the idea that we I don't understand why they have not remade Quantum Leap. Yeah. Like, like it feels it's like the it's most it's obvious one of all right. to remake. Remake it and... Movies. Make it... Well, you know what you could do? You could definitely do that fucking Stephen Moffat style thing of like bringing back Quantum Leap as like yeah. you know telly movies. Yep. Like you know just oh, do a yeah. series of them. Like you know just Three, do really cool ones. Months. Like you know yeah. Yep. But the other thing is you could literally just bring back the show Quantum Leap like in that weekly you know uh, yeah. formula. Yep. But with what we know now about storytelling, yeah. Like you know in a very sort of like yeah, like in a very much in like just in a person person of interest way. Yeah. Where you've got a show that is essentially a procedural that yep. you can watch every week independently but has like an overarching story yep. you know about like what's being quantum leap is the perfect show for that perfect because you could have this whole thing of what he's actually fixing or whatever the bigger you know kind of like b story is but the overarching sort of b story can, no, yeah. is that what it is maybe that's the ace anyway whatever yeah. i don't really know about this thing but like the <laughs> overarching story yeah like, that story. could be that, but then you can just have that sort of, like, every week, you know, him having adventures. Oh. Why are people not remaking... And, you know... You why know, are people not doing that? Do you remember when... Maybe I'm going to write a fucking a quantum treatment. leap 
treatment. Yeah, you know when... Uh, oh, maybe we should know, do that. I think we should do that, actually, because I think it's a fucking cracking series, and I've got all of them at home waiting to be watched. And I also... Uh, you know how ER would get, like, Tarantino directing an episode, yeah. things like that? When we have, like, you know, because some of the... We want the tone to be, you know, up and down kind of thing. We get someone like a David Simon to write an episode that's set in Baltimore, and he's leapt in, and it's really, you know, hardcore. Why don't we do that? That would be Why don't awesome. we write a treatment for a reboot? Like a because I think you could make a fucking amazing series that's mm-hmm. in the spirit of, but like you know, a real update. Like it wouldn't be a remake. No, you know, a modern take on Quantum Leap. Yeah, this could be the new Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, but it could be. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, should we cut this out of the podcast? Well, we should cut it out. No, I'll we'll just, just finish leave on it shit in. Like. But please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember shit luck, everyone? Concentrate on that idea. That's the, that's the big one. I think that would be an amazing idea. Yeah. There must be somebody already working on it. I'm going to – you keep talking and I'm going to get my computer and Google a quantum leap remake and see if somebody's working on our idea already. And what would also be good is uh, we could – like both of those actors, Scott Bakula and um, Dean such and such. Uh, Dean Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Kane. Um, <laughs> oh, is Dean Cox the West Eagles footballer? Yes. Yeah, great. Um, they're still around and doing good work, so we could incorporate them into the show as well. Yeah, okay, all right, so let's see. Like Scott Bakula, I think, is an underrated actor. Like, um, By the way, who are we going to get? Well, he was great he in some... that Men of a Certain Age. Was that what the right. one that he was yeah. in? Yeah, it was... He, he's a cracking actor, so if we're going to get a younger person... We, oh, I've got it. Okay, go on. Maybe this will be too shiny for the reboot. Anyway, what we ne- this is why I've come across this person. Because Scott Bakula could one day be the world's greatest baseballer and then he could be a woman and he could be a chimpanzee. Yeah, you need somebody was, who can, like, yeah. Who's got versatility, yeah. uh, will appeal to... A broad range, but and we'll by get the, the way, people in. think about with like the modern advances in like you know stop motion and yeah. CGI and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, he actually can be yeah. Like particularly if you got someone cool in to direct or whatever. Yeah, you could like you know do one where he's an animal or when he's like yeah. Tra- oh man, yeah. Some really great messages you yeah. get in there. All right. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh yeah, he'd be pretty good at it actually. Because then, because right. then we'd get some dramatic stuff out of him. Uh huh. Yeah, he'd actually be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's. Um, okay. Quantum Leap remake. I'm going to have to look up first because uh, I know that we, like Charlie and I, back in the day, did talk about Quantum Leap, but we can talk about it again because we can try to work out how we would uh, remake. Do you, well, while you're looking that up, did you ever yeah. see the final episode? Okay, so tell me what happens in the final episode of Quantum final Leap. Le- Spoilers. I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah, but uh, so but he ends up in a kind of bar. And it's, it's been sort of like been um, like an evil leaper, a kind of a Satan kind of version of it yep. going on. And uh, anyway, the uh, and he kind of just goes out into the job renewed. And um, the last line is a fucking it's a killer. It comes up and it says he he never made that final leap back home. Like he never got home. That he just spent the rest of his life doing right. that. Wow. Uh, and I thought that was super powerful and it's one of those endings that doesn't get enough respect for when you talk about great endings to TV shows because it was one of those shows that did like five seasons or six seasons or something and well, kind of flies under the radar. We can bit. work through it. Let's have a look. Okay. Um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, news on a remake, which is good news for us. Yep. Um, uh, the first article that c- it came up when I put Quantum Leap remake is eight sad truths you realise when rewatching Quantum Leap. So let's oh, let's okay. have a look at that. Let's see what the sad truths might be yep. that we look when we rewatch. Because at the time, I remember it being a it, it tackled a lot of racial things and oh. sexual things. Like yeah, and then it had uh, it's a great show to be able to actually cover off those sort of that's why you issues. Get, that's why you get David Simon doing right. an episode and things like that. All right, let's have a look about. Um, all right. Uh, the funny thing, though, about rewatching Quantum Leap, I should give credit to the author of this, by the way, Kelly Conda, uh, she has written this article that I'm about to read from. Um, the funny thing about rewatching Quantum Leap 20 plus years from its 1989 debut, oh, yeah, see, that's great, yep. is how much jumps out at you a year that makes you stop or think about it or simply realise how much TV culture has changed in the interim. Here are eight such sad truths. 
eight. God or fate or whatever, Shaw has a sen- uh, sick sense of humour. Almost every single Quantum Leap episode with, ep- ends with Sam being thrown into the deep end in a new and terrifying situation, forcing him to either sink or swim right away. That's a pretty shitty existence, going from smiling earnestly one second to be literally seconds later dropped into the body of a world-renowned piano player about to go on stage to perform in front of a packed theatre of people. Now, that's... But I, I would say that's a bonus for us. Oh, boy. Like we, we that was ru- one of the best we, things. But also, we ruminate more on that. Right. Like, you know, we, I don't think they ever really in the last one kind of explored in that episode, but we take some time in some episodes for yep. him to reflect on the fact that this is his existence. Yeah. Like, and that sometimes maybe it's fun to be someone for a while. Yeah. Like, you know, we give him the opportunity to say, maybe I don't want to yeah, leap maybe. on from this situation because you know what? It's, it's terrible having to... Yeah, creates a bit of uh, tension right. with uh, whoever's beaming in. Right. You know, trying to force him to do the job and... Okay, so I like that. That was good. Um, okay, you know what? I, I feel like there's, too, there's too many of these things to roll through. It's quite a big article. Um, so if you want to look it up, uh, you can look up that article, but it does it looks quite interesting. Right. Um, all right. Let's uh, have a look at uh, – oh, here we go. Six awesome TV shows that totally need rebooting. Uh, so, I don't, again, I, this might not be something official. I feel like this is just somebody else who, like, yep. is on our page. Yep. Um, so, yep, uh, yep. <laughs> They've definitely gone with Quantum Leap. Yep. All right, good. Um, all right, well, that doesn't help us much. Um, all right, Quantum Leap. Uh, let's have a look on its Wikipedia page and see if it has anything about Dean Stockton, that's his name. That's, <laughs> that's the a... premise for Quantum Leap was inspired by movies, I think before on the podcast, by the way, we've read out the Wikipedia for Quantum Leap, so I apologise, but, you know. Yeah. It's a new situation. Yeah. The premise of Quantum Leap was inspired by movies like Heaven Can Wait, a remake of the 1941 film Here Comes Mr. Jordan. I did not know that. Oh, have you seen either of them? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. if I, I, Maybe I can, I've seen Heaven Can Wait, but yeah. I, I can't remember it. Uh, he felt the concept of a person living in the body of another person to make change for the better would work in a science fiction setting. Yes, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, in the pilot episode, the viewer is introduced to Sam Beckett. So would our character still be Sam Beckett or would it be like a modern take, like it would be a different like story on Quantum Leap? Do I we reckon, reimagine it or do we like... Uh, I, I, reckon we're, I reckon we're updating it so it's uh, Sam Beckett. And we take into account modern times and things that are happening, you know, at the moment. Okay, that, like, he, how, okay let, I'm not saying we go with this, but maybe it's Sam Beckett. Do we, do we reboot it with a female lead? Does that give it an interesting twist of seeing her play, or is that going to be too United States of Tara? Uh, I mean, I, look, I, I think we can be open-minded. Yeah. I don't think it really matters. Yeah, maybe there's a few. Like, maybe there's Sam Beckett, who's Neil Patrick Harris, because I'm pretty wedded to that idea, but maybe there's, maybe there's teams now that go out. I was thinking about, well, actually, you know, maybe that's, that's – I don't mind that. Yeah. I don't mind the idea that, the, that it's happening – in other places. Yeah. Oh. And you know what? Yeah. You could have an episode where he leaps and runs into another leaper. Right. Right. Like, you know, in the same episode, they're both leapt into... The person he hates the most. Right. Yeah. And they've got competing and to, agendas. And he has to do the right thing by him. Oh, yeah. Or but vice that versa. agenda yeah. doesn't work for him. Oh, yeah, okay. But That's it doesn't good. work for him. I like the idea of there being a team of leapers. Yeah. Okay, and something goes wrong and they can't come back or whatever. Or they, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay. That's and it, good. by the way, uh, I thought for the, for the pilot, you, uh, you, you open with uh, this footage of this man just running, like, you know, it's nighttime and he's being chased, etc. And you keep coming back to that story throughout the pilot. And then when you get to the end, you realise that's his first leap and you've been watching. So it's like a long prologue to the second episode. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, so... That was the great thing about the show. It always it would open on some sort of like extreme situation. So the fun yeah. you can have with that yeah. as a storytelling device is fantastic, right? So, uh, so he's a genius physicist working on Project Quantum Leap. So that could be there could be a series of like soldiers, you know, super scientist soldiers, yeah. essentially who've been sent out as volunteers into this thing, and then the the project they can't get them back, or the project gets destroyed, or the yeah. whatever, you know, like it gets shut down by the government. Like this, well, that's when the evil <coughs> has come into it, right? Or it's something about them trying to get 
people back. Oh yeah, like yeah, there's different technology yeah. out there. Yeah, okay, there's, there's definitely something you can play around with that. I think. How about this for an idea as well? You know, if we have our evil leapers and our good leapers, how interesting would it be? By uh, the way, I didn't actually think they needed to be evil the leapers. Well, like no, they could have been other good leapers who just had leaping into competitive like to different bodies or different I'm being scenarios. broad for the sake yeah. of the idea but the uh, maybe the, you know the the people that we perceive as being the bad guys are the people who actually have the technology first right who have been going back and changing things and our team who we suppose are the good people are going back and changing it the way they're meant to be but maybe there's an ambiguity to it where as an, an audience member after the first season, you think, oh, "Am I actually watching the right guys?" Right. Well, I think the, th- the thing is, like, it's been a, it's probably more like debating the ethical nature yeah. of all these sort of things, and it, maybe it's like we were trying to develop. Yeah, you know, what we discovered in the future was that we could access, like, you know, like we accessed a way to, like, you know, come up with time travel. But because time travel and disrupting the space time continuum is like, you know, so damaging. Yeah. We realised that if you went back and killed Hitler or if you went back and changed, like, you know, anything really majorly drastically, you know, that butterfly yeah. effect, it, 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 you could change the world. But yeah. they realised they could develop this thing that could solve small problems. Yeah. That's what the computer program is. So it's sent without disrupting the rest of the world. Yeah. So that's why they're being sent into these, you know, but they're trying to actually make the world a better place yeah. by... Just fixing changing. these small things, like minor adjustments rather than then any major things. No but course as correcting. an overall thing, we can start to start to think about, well, is that true and who's deciding what the course is being corrected right. and are they actually good right. people or bad people? Like, and, there's a, and remember, you can only leap in your uh, age group. So then, you know, there'd be some older members that do further jumps who, you know, the battles are a little bit harder for them because they're, you know, they're, well, they're aged. And then, you right. know, so we can really play with this. Uh, okay. Um, uh, so Project Quantum Leap. Uh, Beckett, with his team, had theorised that time travel was possible if the travellers only stayed within the time frame of their own lifetime. With no successful results so far... <laughs> Rear Admiral Al uh, Calavici, Dean Stockwell, Sam's longtime friend and senior officer on the program, is told by the government they're looking to shut down the funding. Okay, so that's actually not too far away from, like, you know, it's a different take on the yeah. same premise anyway. Oh, but you know what we can also do is we can actually, maybe we can just build on the original Quantum Leap, and this is set in the future from the original one. And so Sam Beckett is still lost out there and never came back. So it's not a reboot. We've just built on the whole mythology, so it all counts. Justin, I think that's an awesome idea. Yeah. Because guess what we have at the end of the first episode? Sam Beckett. Well, no, not... Scott Bakula turns up. At the end of the first episode? No, sorry, season. First season. Maybe the fifth season. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, like... We're going to get heaps of seasons, aren't we? Right. This is a great idea. This is heaps of But it's all like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's it. That somebody else wants to go out there and... His son? I was thinking son. Right? Because, <laughs> like, he potted someone in the... Yeah. Is it someone who was... That's why con- he can do it, because he's genetically coded to be able to do it. <laughs> I wonder if they, was, yeah, they find out that it was, like... But it wasn't someone that Sam himself... It was, like, he was in the body of the person yes. when they had sex. And so he's, like... He grew up not, not yeah, knowing that this person, like this dad of his, wasn't his real dad. Oh, that right. something else in yeah. that moment, yeah, was happening, yeah, because it was him in the body, and yeah. this kids always wanted to find him. Yeah, has mixed emotions about that because, you know, yeah, like he was kind of in the body of someone having sex with his mum. He doesn't yeah. know if he wants to love this person and feel like he's his real dad, or if that's like yeah. a violation of his mum who like thought that. You know, yeah, he's a he's like a, that. and you know what he is. He works at the program. But I like the idea that we could bring uh, the history in. So the you're, you're building on the continuity yeah. rather than rebooting it. Yeah, uh, you can also have it that he works at the new project. Yeah, they've Pegasus. reopened. They've yeah. reopened Project Quantum. And so he's just going through the files because he's fascinated with it, and that's yeah. how he discovers that this has happened. And then he doesn't know, you know, to the extent of uh, what this means. So he has to make the first leap. Oh, he might not even know that he's trying to search for his dad. He might not even, like, as in, like, that might even be, like, a mystery, like a reveal. 
Yeah. Like later on that it oh, turned yeah. out that like he was his dad. Yeah. Like we, you, could, you could come up a whole different, anyway, we can workshop all those ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. Uh, all right. So, so basically what happened in the original one, yeah, they were going to shut it down and, and Sam refused. So he got in there and had a crack at it. So when Sam recovers, because that way we can find Al. Yeah. Right? Dean Stockwell. Yeah. So he can be in it from like the first episode. He yep. can come and have to go and talk to him about it and what, whatever happened to, or maybe he is searching for his dad. Yeah. And he's tracked it down to the thing where he realizes that, yeah, this is what happened. Yeah. You know, for all these years, he heard this story of like, yeah, because his dad was a terrible person, right? Yeah. His real life dad was a terrible person, but his mum always told this story of this like one period of time. Yeah. When everything was fantastic and everything was and then the next day the day after he was conceived his dad left because that's when right. like sam goes back into the body right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and right when sam so, uh, when sam leaves the sam body. leaves the body yeah so like this guy was a deadbeat and left that next day so technically this kid's never had this little relationship but it turns out he wasn't really searching for him he was searching for the the real guy that his mum loved who was inside you know there and he so he finally tracks down fucking dean stockwell and then he decides to fucking yeah Go, yeah. le- go leaping and trying to find his dad. Here's a new twist as well. Because uh, you would think, okay, well, what's the good story? Like Sam Beckett would go and do things that would be uh, the right thing to do to yeah. make good things happen. So where is the good story in the fact that he went into that body, she had sex and then left and then that guy walked out on them? Where's the good story? Here's the good story. He knew that he had to do that because then she would have the child that would grow up to be the son that would be able to finally get him out right, of the Right, it's like Terminator. Leap. It's like Terminator. Is it? Well, I mean, not exactly the same. Don't look... Not in a good way. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> like, I mean, no. that is what it's like. Oh, that wasn't a bad... Termi- no, that was a confused way. <laughs> right. Well, because Terminator, like, you yeah. know, he, he travels back in time, like, yeah, yeah. He, w- he wouldn't have been born if yeah, unless he the sent guy that. had sent, the, he'd sent his mate back in time yeah. to bang his mum. Yeah. It's Terminator. Yeah. But flipped. <laughs> For Sam Beckett. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so good. Right. But also, like, I mean, in my, like, imagining of this, because, like, what we saw in the Quantum Leap universe isn't necessarily every single one of the adventures that Sam had. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I imagine this more like he went into the body of this terrible person and he did his best to change the life. But yeah. really, he wanted, yeah, he was just in love. Like, he and this woman fell in love. Yeah. You know, and she thought she was back in love with it, but she wasn't. She was in love with Sam. And then yeah. as soon as he was back, this dude was still a terrible person because that's yeah. fucking life and that happens. You can't just fix everybody's problems by getting into their body for a while if they come back a terrible person. Yeah. Right? So, all so right. So good. Yeah, okay. I like that. This is a good story. <laughs> so, uh, basically, um, all right. So, let's see what else were things about this. When Sam recovers, he finds his memories to be incomplete. That's, that's right. That's right. So, you go in there and you realise that you don't remember everything. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Al would f- refer to this as his Swiss cheese memory. Okay. And he's probably, the longer he's been in there, trapped in there, the because Al doesn't know what happened. No. Right? Right. Al's like, well, we, one day we just stopped hearing. From, yeah, we just, yeah. we don't know if he got trapped in the, we don't know if he's, he's trapped in the one place. Yeah. Or if he is still flipping around time. Yeah, Ziggy lost him. That was yeah. the name of the computer. That's right, Ziggy lost him. Yeah, this was the last day that he was, you know, on the computer. Yeah. And I think the supercomputer is more like, you know, like yeah, the person of interest supercomputer. Yeah, now. It's yeah, modern yeah. times. And yeah. this was the last time we had contact with him. And, and, what, and you know, it's like, well, what does that mean? Is he dead? Uh, you know, is he trapped in, you know, that place in time forever? Did yeah. he grow up and have like a life? Is he still flipping around? That's the mystery of the show. We never yeah. really know what happened. But at some stage we will know. Yeah. We can't solve it right. We're planning that out. But that's why I reckon it's season five. Because this is part of the mystery of the show is like what did happen? Is he dead? Is he alive? And then there's mini mysteries. And like, and you know, he kind of on the way starts to feel like there is some sort of like what role is Sam still playing in all this? Oh, yeah. Like is he, you know. Maybe Sam starts leaving him clues in certain places. Right. That's season three. Yeah. These little things that he keeps finding. All right. So this is, okay, good. I like this. Um... Al eventually makes contact with Sam, appearing as a hologram. I'm not into that. We're getting rid of the hologram, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, that is tuned to Sam's brainwave, so only Sam can see or hear him. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe they've got this um, 
maybe they've got a little mind room psychic thing that they meet up in. So, you know, it's not a hologram. It's just uh, he gets like a buzz and they go into this mind room. I... Yeah, I mean, look, there'll, there'll be some decent way yeah. to interpret that. Yeah. Well, maybe. You know, like, you know, like in Sherlock, they did the mind yeah. room. Yeah, I mean, maybe in that sort of way you could yeah. do that sort of thing. Then they can meet up in all yeah. sorts of different places, yeah. depending on what his mind's thinking. Um, Al explains the situation to Sam, although at the same time, I'm not sure that we want... Like, I feel like this show is much more about... Okay, well, you know what? We'll have to have a look at the plotting and the storytelling devices to see how much you need that voice in the future mm-hmm. still. But I still kind of found that the least interesting thing about most episodes of yeah. that show. Um, okay. Except you had that cracking episode where uh, he was trying to manipulate Sam into doing something so then his wife would stay with him longer. Yes, that's true. Yeah, okay, maybe we do want a bit of the future. You're right. Al eventually uh, makes contact with Sam because that's where our major conspiracy story is going to happen. Yeah. Up in that, you're right, that's a good point. Um, Al eventually makes contact with Sam, appearing as a hologram. Okay, so I like that as a start as well. Like maybe we do a few episodes where he can't make contact with Yeah, him, yeah, you yeah. You know? Yep. And he's trying to work it all out himself. Yeah. Because I think there's some value in that. Yeah. And finally he gets to, yeah, we don't know how long I'm going to, like we don't even know if I am going to be able to communicate with you. Yeah. If so, we don't know for how long. Maybe yeah. you get some echoes early on, but he can't quite. And it's different every episode. So, that, so then <coughs> we can have some episodes where it's just, yeah. you know. It doesn't work as well as others. Right. Yeah, okay, that's quite good. I like that as well. Um, okay, Al explains the situation. Sam revealing the only way for Sam to return is to correct something that went wrong in the past, according to the project's artificial intelligence. Yeah, well, that's why the project's been designed. So yeah. that makes sense, more sense than their version. Uh, so that's Ziggy. So we'll do some version of that. You can st- we can still have a Ziggy talk, maybe, because, you know, with fucking Suri and all that sort of yeah. stuff, it doesn't... It isn't that ridiculous. Um, all right. So, yeah, okay. Every time they change history, you leap. Yeah, okay. Subsequent episodes generally followed the course of one such leap. After initially struggling with the displacement, uh, often concluding with saying, oh, boy, once he realised the situation. That was yeah. the, oh, boy. Yeah. We'll have some modern version of that. Fuck. No worries. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck, every episode. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Sam learns from Al what originally transpired in history and what changes most likely. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, right. Okay. So, because in the future, they, they go through a lot of um, looking up yeah. what, you know, anything they can find about those episodes. That'll be an interesting thing for us to be able to use. So, yeah. we will want some sort of. Oh, and they did go into historical ones. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. and That was a good episode. Right. Yeah, okay. All right. There's heaps more of this, but I think that, I think that, we've, I think that we've kind of nailed that. I think that would be yeah. a really good idea. Oh, it'd be so good. Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm so into that idea that I think that we should... Uh, Quit comedy. <laughs> Really start working on this? Oh, I was just going to say we should finish this episode and go and have a chip buddy. Oh, yeah, and then we'll quit comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Hamilton, uh, if people want to see your show at the Edinburgh Festival, they have one week to go. One week? That's crazy. I know, and you're in good spirits. You're going well. You had your best show last last night. night. Yeah. So, you know, come and see Justin in the last week. Uh, uh, listen to his podcast. Can you take this photo, please? Yeah. Um, what else can they do? Find uh, you on uh, the internet at uh, Justin Hamilton underscore at, yep. at Justin Hamilton underscore on Twitter. Yeah. And there's a Facebook they can read page. your blogs. Oh uh, yeah, I blog about every gig. Every that gig. I do. There's been some really interesting ones in Edinburgh. Like yeah. there's been great gigs and terrible gigs. So yeah. that always makes a blog. So Fun. much more interesting. I've been reading them along. It's a nice sense of the festival. Uh, please go and see if you are in Edinburgh. Um, all the people who are guest Charlies. Uh, Sam yeah. Simmons, of course, has been a guest Charlie. Uh, we've had Celia Bacola. We've had Felicity Ward. We've had Daniel Sloss. We've had Wendy Wason. Uh, I know that I'm missing other people who are pre- performing here at the festival who've also been on the podcast. Uh, Cal Wilson. Cal Wilson, yeah. uh, just this week, and I saw her show the other night. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. I went to a, a bunch of Australian shows. I saw Cal, I saw Flick, I saw yeah. Celia. I saw, you know, it was, yeah, it was So great. funny, you have to fly from LA to Edinburgh to catch up with your right. Australian mate, Sarah 
Kendall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's been brilliant fun. So, uh, yeah, so thank you to everyone who came and saw me do things as well. If you like the podcast, of course, as usual, rate it uh, wherever you listen to it, iTunes. Uh, one of the ones from this week isn't up on iTunes. It's up on iTunes if you subscribe, but it hasn't just come up in the counter so you can't download it individually. It's happened a couple of times. And iTunes is so hard to contact to know oh, what to do right. about these sort of things. So the best thing I can say is it's up on the website. It's up on Libsyn. It's on iTunes. If you subscribe, it'll download. But I don't know what to do to just get it up there so you can download it. It's a really good episode too. It's the one that you're on with Kel Wilson. So, oh, right. So, that was fun. Yeah. So it's got the Matt Smith story on it. People should definitely listen to that episode. So, yeah. So make, uh, make sure you check it out. But I don't really know what to do about that. Uh, my Darwin, uh, Kalgoorlie and Perth shows that Justin will be doing support for are all on sale. Perth in particular is selling crazy numbers. So, oh, right. Um, if you want to come to the Perth shows, get in quick. Uh, yeah. That's what I would say about those. They're fun too. Uh, mate, like some honestly, of our most fun gigs. I some reckon. of the most fun gigs you ever do. Yeah. And you haven't played. Oh, did you? I oh, know you did play this venue. Did you play the entertainment center last time? No, no, no. We did the because uh, you didn't come theater. over last time. Dulce yeah. came over with me. Yeah, we did the and, theater. Yeah. Oh, so th- this venue at the entertainment center, like it, it you you think it shouldn't be so great because it's so big. Right. It's one of the most beautiful. And fun stages like to perform on, and good audiences sit in. They're big, comfy seats. It's beautiful sound. Right, you're gonna have a ball. It's, oh, it's gonna be so fucking good. So I was already looking forward. to Come it. and see those uh, shows. I've got a bunch of shows in America. I got some Seattle shows. I got. Uh, uh, I'm going to Philadelphia. I'm going to Denver. I'm going to Cleveland. Um, I'm missing some other places, but I'll I'll post them all when I get closer to those gigs. But um, uh, Chicago. Uh, anyway, there's a, there's a bunch of them, and I'll post them later. But I don't want to do too many plugs. Oh, LA Podcast Festival. Uh, Charlie Clawson and guest Charlie Clawson, number one, Dave Anthony, together for the first time since the podcast went their separate ways. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> huge. We have a brand new T-shirt uh, that James Fozak designed that will be available online, but also at Podfest. Uh, cool things for cool people, and it's Dave. I don't know if you've seen the image, Justin, but it's so brilliant. It's Dave, Charlie, and I all riding unicorns. <laughs> Could not be more hilarious. Um, so uh, thanks so much for listening uh, to the podcast. We will uh, talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>